You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. Brandon, what are you trying to do to your TV right now? Brandon Jaggers. Mount it. And me, CC Broadus. On brick. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, episode number 81. I'm CC Broadus, and I want to wish everybody a happy Turkey Day. Uh, we want to bring in our special turkeys, as always, <laughs> Alan Schneider. He joins us. How are you doing, Alan? I'm wonderful. I'm thankful we got a great card on Friday, or fairly close to a great card on Friday. So, in the great debate, uh, turkey versus anything else, where do you stand? I am a turkey fan. I I love turkey. I, it's like I that more than anything else. To be honest with you, um, I I can't believe people don't like it. So yeah, I'm team turkey. I like ham too. Give me a honey baked ham any day, but uh, I'm all about that turkey. I'm team ham. I prefer ham over turkey. Although last year I had smoked turkey for the first time in a long time. That was uh, very special. Uh huh. Good stuff. Good stuff. Indeed. And now let's go to turkey number two. <laughs> Somebody I'd like to beat the stuffing out of. Oh. <laughs> Gorgeous Brandon Jaggers. <laughs> I smoked mine, and of course, my wife bought a 20 pounder this year. So I don't know how long it's going to take, but I would say five, six hours. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it. No kidding. It's going to take six. When do you start? Uh, I don't know. I got a pop up tent. I'm, I, need, I need a guest to assist me putting this tent up. So I don't want to get rained on tomorrow, but I'd imagine I'd start, oh, maybe 10 a.m. Mm. Oh goodness! So, so you you do your Thanksgiving at night. We we always do ours during the day. I do too. Well, I'm planning for 4 p.m. We cut the bird. You just okay. got to plan ahead. Got to plan ahead, like you handicap a, a a nice card like Friday at Churchill. That's right. You. I've been looking at it since Monday, so. So to uh, help us uh, with a, a big Friday card, which includes the Clark Stakes, uh, trying to figure out the purse. What is the purse of the Clark Stakes? It's uh yeah seven hundred fifty thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, grade one. And I'm tell you what, last year I nearly hit this thing, but I didn't listen to our guest. Uh, the guest gave out the winner, I believe, of, of leg one or two. I believe it was leg two of the pick five. If I had to listen to him, I'd hit the pick five because I had Bodie Express on my ticket. But uh, our our guest is tonight is Will Nefker, who's been a, a previous guest on our show. Like I said, he almost gave out the gave out the big one last year. Uh, Will, how are you doing? Doing great, thanks. Yeah, I, I I hit it, but for Bodie Express last year, I didn't have Bodie Express. I didn't come up with him, so I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Had I, I think it was Villanelle. It was from the, uh, the the Cox Barn. It was a filly that I don't think she ever won a race again. Maybe, but uh, she won right. a lounge. Yeah, she won a lounge race easy, like five or six lengths, and I think she was a fairly healthy price. And I didn't use her, but I had I used. I know you had a horse in the last race that was a Wayne Mackey horse, Catlanta maybe twenty to one. Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, you gave that horse out, and then uh, yep. yeah, we, we were pretty much all over. I had Bodie Express on a ticket just because I was spreading so so wide. But, uh, yeah, I missed uh, the easy one, Brad Cox. So what a shock. 
But uh, all right. <laughs> I remember I remember having Hog Creek Hustle as a single in that in that uh, sequence as well. Oh yeah, that's right. He won that. Uh, yeah, he won that night for Vicky yeah. Foley. It was yeah. uh, it was a heck of a race actually. That was crazy. Yes. Hog Creek Hustle is a, a confirmed closer, and in that race he broke on the lead, set the pace, I believe, went wire to wire in a sprint race. So that that was strange. I think I wound up singling that horse in that pick five ticket that that died. But uh, anyway. As you as you can tell, I'm bitter. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're exactly one year away from that, and I'm I'm pretty upset still to this day. So I can't let things die. But uh, Will, how are you going to spend your Thanksgiving? Well, I'm I'm going to uh, see family, and I just want to say and put this in that I'm Team Turkey as well. And Good. we do deep fried. We've been doing deep fried t- turkey for probably at least 20 years now, and uh, wouldn't have would not go back and have it any other way. It's it's great. You know, I've never done that. I keep meaning to do it. I just never got around to doing it. It's excellent. You do, you know, the night before you marinate, you inject it with marinade um, and you put some rub on it, um, like some Tony Sacheries or something like that. And um, something similar, maybe Dano's now that we have Dano's <laughs> plug for Dano's. Future sponsor, Dano. <laughs> and you let it sit overnight and then, uh, then deep fry it the next day and it's delicious. That's next on the agenda. That's next on the agenda. I'm going to try that. So, guys, before we dig into this card uh, to celebrate the uh, the holiday, uh, I'm going to ask all of you if you want to step up and just maybe give out your favorite turkey for 2021. Uh, I'll lead off. If, if you, okay. If you feel led to, to uh, uh, state an opinion on this, just let me know. My, my favorite turkey for 2021 is Bob Baffert. Uh, he, he's the number one seed in the, in the, uh, gobbler region for me, uh, just the way, he, the way he handled the, uh, the Derby, uh, the Derby, uh, drug positive, uh, you know, that, that, that whole situation, uh, that, that still needs to be, uh, settled here. We are in November of 2021. Uh, this is what six months ago when this happened, they still don't have a DQ yet. But, uh, yeah, my, my Thanksgiving turkey for 2021 is Bob Baffert. So anybody want to step up and give out their turkey? Sure. I'll go next. I'll, can I do a cold turkey then? I'll do – not cold turkey, C-O-turkey. Uh, one, uh, the California Racing Association or, that allowed him to run a Breeders' Cup day just kind of slaps him on the wrist, right? Well, other people are trying to be uh, – uh, we're, we're trying – like Churchill was, was trying to uh, – lay down the law but they gave in and we got to watch from the breeders cup juvenile and then maybe even to a bigger extent uh everyone responsible for the fiasco in the breeders cup juvenile turf cluster blank that uh, modern games uh won and people didn't collect their tickets uh can we go ahead and nominate that one as well too uh, i'll throw that in absolutely that, that's a worthy nominee mm-hmm Brandon, anything for you, or you just don't want to step on anybody's toes? Uh, I'd probably just say myself. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. It's been a hard handicapping year. I feel like I've been four or five on pick fives five times, ten times. I think That's good. I mean. I, I think I think a, me in the Derby this year is really hard. I thought a Bob Baffer winning on turf would never occur, and it did. And uh, I just never seen it. They, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he is a crook, but it seemed like to me 
I mean, it just seemed fake. It just seemed like they were there, they're high and mighty, better than everybody else, and they just took all the trophies and went home. Right, right. I guess Will? I'll switch from myself to Baffert, but that crushed me that day. <laughs> what about you, Will? Uh, I'll have to agree with Brandon that uh, he's the turkey. But beyond that, I, the first thing that popped into my mind when you brought that up, Craig, was was Baffert. And, you know, I'm the attorney that sued him. So yeah, I, I, don't <laughs> know, I, I don't know how I could come up with a bigger, bigger one than him, uh, suing him on behalf of the betters from uh, the Kentucky Derby who would have held the winning tickets but for Medina Spirit crossing the finish line first. Um, other than that, I would say just uh, horse racing commissions in general from all across the country, not specifically Kentucky, but uh, anywhere across the country for their lack of transparency. Right. I would agree with that. And I'll throw in one quick codicil to that, the Ellis Park bathrooms. Oh, my oh God. no, that was mine. <laughs> But I'm glad you said that, Alan. Thank well, you. Well, the, yeah, the Ellis about. Park grandstand in general. That that <laughs> yeah. that place is a dump. I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. I love it, but it, yeah, that that grandstand needs some help. In the Ellis Park, one mile on dirt. Throw that race out. Get rid of that crap. Yeah, I don't need, think that's gonna happen. You needed a different post, but yeah, they're kind of right. landlocked. They're a little bit landlocked. There's a river on that side of the track, so they, that that's an issue. That's probably not gonna build change. Build the bridge. That. Build the bridge. They're gonna build a yeah. They're but gonna I build do a, think they're they're gonna improve the facility next year, if I'm not mistaken. I believe they have heard some of the cries, right? They are they are throwing some money at it, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, uh, they night have racing. A, yeah, they have announced a major upgrade of the facility. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. You know, the horse I feel bad for was the horse that took off on the highway there. I mean, that was crazy. Sweet and sassy, sweet and that's right. Sexy I'm and pretty bold sure that's right. Michael, I get updates on Facebook really? as to how that horse is doing and the condition. So I hope that horse is going to debut back, but it looks like it won't for a long time. Do you, hey, do you remember? Yeah, go ahead. Do you remember, do you remember the jockey who, who that horse threw? Uh, Morales? No. Um, I don't remember. Uh, Jimenez, no. Help me out, Will. It was it was it was actually Miguel Mena. Rest in peace. Oh, oh that oh, is true. Wow. That, yeah, that yeah. you are correct. Yeah. yeah, rest in peace. Yes. Uh, just just every time I think about it, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. All right, guys. Uh, let's get into get into the action. Of course, uh, a Black Friday card, uh, one of my favorite cards of the year. Normally, I get away from work and come down to the track and hang out. And, and, and Grade one racing, of course, uh, with the Clark Stakes. Uh, we're going to start out. I'm just going to put it out there for anybody. Races one through seven. Is there anything that anybody likes in the first seven races before we get into the late pick five? Um, I will mention race, the one that starts the pick six, which would be race... Seven. I know there's probably gonna be a, you know, the the pick six. We're taping this on Thursday, and the pick six did carry today. Look like it may not carry. Of course, there's gonna be a mandatory payout Sunday, uh, which will be a pretty sizable pull if it does make it to Sunday. So I guess you know the start the pick six is worth mentioning if someone was interested in playing it. It's a 12 horse race for going seven furlongs for maiden 20s, and the only reason I mention I think you might be able to narrow this down to four horses. I'm not going to pick one in particular, but I think you can narrow it down to Steve Asmussen's Palm Court. Uh, 
maybe Grand Foresters, Epicurean. I'm not crazy about the horse. Those are your two favorites, if I'm not mistaken. But I would also toss in perhaps uh, this would be Ipsum Gratis for Tom Van Berg. And include Philly, who's uh, first off the claim for Tom Van Berg, who I believe won at Churchill today at a big number. And maybe the 12 horse is one you might want to consider if you're the cherish the day, an anchor down Philly uh, for Eddie Keneally and the shit. So sometimes Eddie Keneally does well in these uh, maiden claimer first, first time stars and maiden claimers. I don't see much else in the race outside of that. So I might consider choosing those four horses if I were inclined to play the pick six, which would probably be too expensive for my blood. But I just throw that out there. I've got one in race six. I mean, this is probably never going to happen, <laughs> but I, I something kind of stuck out on page and I've been looking for it for a while as to what horses that have shown just complete either uh, turf only, or they've been on synthetic only and are making their first time back on dirt, right? Or maybe their first time in general. And I don't know. And this, this, this horse probably has no dirt form. But, you know, in the mornings, they don't jog on turf and synthetic. Well, they jog on synthetic, but they jog on dirt a lot. And so I thought maybe in race six, now there's some notables in here, I'm going to say, but this this horse kind of had a great debut at Kentucky Downs going real long. Now they're cutting back, has not been, you know, in a race in September. I thought in race six, number five, English Channel, for uh, Darren Miller, I thought had a chance. Showed a very impressive speed numbers last. I know it was on turf, but um, and then you know if you don't really like my picks there, you can go to the outside play Alcatam. I love that horse and Humbrazo. Those horses have been around hard hard knockers, but I thought for a bomb play English Channel in race six. Yeah, Chase Miller. Chase Miller hopes you're right. Uh, for me. I, just going back to race seven um, to um, kind of riff off of uh, of Allen. I had the the five palm court um, in that race. Um, the ten I agree with Epicurean, and then I also agree with him with Allen on the twelve. Cherish today. I think that's an interesting first time starter um, drawn to the outside. Uh, morning line ten to one. Could be a price full field, and um, you know that distance seven furlongs. Uh, depending on what what happens, uh, that horse could get a nice stalking trip um, if you break if uh, if she breaks well. She's um, she's got it's a, it's the it's the dam's first foal to race um, out of an unraced mare, so. Uh, it's shown a lot in the mornings, though, yeah. and um, it looks like it may be it may be ready to run. Yeah, and they purchased for twenty thousand at Keeneland January, and now they're putting it in for twenty. Uh, so that doesn't the fact that he's in for twenty is bothering me. The fact that uh, you know now they're getting that last chance at a big purse at Churchill, I can see where they would they would take a shot here. And uh, Keneally does pretty good with these first timers going at seven for a long trip. So that race looks like it's a full field, but I don't think it's a very deep field. I think there's a lot of you can toss. So maybe if you were inclined to play that pick six, the horses we mentioned might help for you a little bit. Keneally, yeah, was, first time out, is is actually statistically better, or he used to be. He was better statistically first time out than he is second time out, which is kind of an anomaly for, for horse trainers these days. Yeah. 
And going back to the five palm court, I always think it's interesting when a trainer like Steve Asmussen claims the horse. first off the claim, and he claimed the horse for himself. He owns the horse. And, yeah. Uh, and and brings it back, claimed it for fifteen, bringing it back for twenty. Ran well last time out, uh, going an extra furlong. Um, and so I think that horse will probably be live as well. Yeah, and but he beat a, a next out winner in that race. She beat a next out winner in that race. And the one thing you notice with Steve Asmussen, when he claims horses, Steve Asmussen will claim a lot of horses in his name, cheaper type horses. He'll run them in starter allowance company around the around the country. He never spends a boatload of money. He doesn't throw in the big money for the top level horses, but he likes getting those consistent horses. And I think he claims them so he can get in starter company. And I, I think he horses uh, yeah. well spotted. So Palm Court's gonna be tough in that spot. All right. Uh, before we get into the pick five, anything else? Uh, yeah, uh, I have one more. I just I thought something I saw that was interesting was um, in race two, which is a fifty thousand non-winners of two lifetime with a purse of sixty-six thousand. It's I believe the morning line favorite, but still the three dark timber. I thought was interesting because you've got a horse coming in from Gulfstream Park mm-hmm. that looks really well meant. And so you're you're kind of one. It's first time, first start of the meet for the trainer, first start of the meet for the jockey, and he does the jockey and the, neither the jockey or the trainer have a starter in the stakes race. So you kind of are wondering what what are they doing here? Right. Gets blinkers blinkers on, um, and you you start you start kind of looking at it, and, and I think what you're seeing is these purses are starting to attract these types of horses to come up and travel this far because it's a $66,000 purse for a non-winners to two lifetime. Well, two races back, this horse ran in a stakes race for 75,000. So yeah, why not uh, make the trip to basically run for about the same purse as you were in a stakes race at Gulfstream? Yeah. And if I could add some, I believe the Gulfstream meet, their summer meet, whatever their lesser meet just ended, correct? And it's going to they yeah. got a little bit of downtime before yeah. their the big championship meet starts. So I, that's what I noticed as well too. This horse is coming up. D'Angelo's wow. a good trainer. Zaya's is a great jockey, and they you know they're like you know we have nowhere to run right now. This horse maybe this horse is doing well. Let's go up there to church and see if we can't steal any purses. And like you said, when I first saw the two together, I thought okay they got somebody in the stakes race. Or maybe they mm-hmm. got some in the stakes race this weekend. As far as I know, that's their only that's their only uh, mount for either on the day. So, uh, yes, that is something to definitely keep in mind. And that's not a very Zia, tough field. Right. And I, I think Zayas does have a, one or two more mounts. But there's a couple – there's one or two more uh, uh, Sappy Joseph horses, I believe, in, on the car okay. that Zayas will be riding. But, but still, yeah, same thing. The same type of thing, Gulfstream horses. Uh, I think it's in the last race there's a Gulfstream horse that – Joseph is bringing up um, that Zayas has the mound on. Same same type of thing though. Same type of scenario. Come up and get a big check. We'll see what happens. I I, I know it's the same thing. Will good call there. All right, let's get down to brass tacks. Pick five starts in race eight through race twelve, and it kicks off with a doozy. This is a uh, thirty thousand non-winners of two going seven furlongs, three and up. The morning line favorite is number two, Tuggle, from the Robbie Medina barn. Tyler Gaffleon picks up the mount. This is a class dropper. It feels like I could beat him. But this <laughs> race did not come up all that tough. So I'm going to let our guest, Mr. Will, lead us off. How do we kick off the early 
pick, or excuse me, the late pick five. All right. Well, first of all, I I feel like um, we're going to be seeing a dry track on Friday. I think it's going. It looks like it's going to rain tomorrow, but it's going to be fairly short lived, and we'll probably dry out. We're going to see a fast track. So, you know, first things first. I think I'm. I'm, I'm handicapping for a dry track. Do you all agree with that? Yes, hopefully. Yes, hopefully. I agree. Okay. Um, my top selection I landed on is the four mists of time. Uh, I like the the drop from uh, fifty thousand numbers of two lifetime to thirty. Uh, turn back from the mile to seven furlongs. Looks like it's probably. Um, the right distance for this horse faded a little bit the last time in the slop at a mile showed some early interest last out and getting back on the dry track if you go two back and look at the six and a half furlong race um ran very uh, very credible race uh, on a dry track at keeneland uh, this is a seven furlong race if he runs that race back i think he can win this race and beat this field Hey, Brandon, before I go to you, uh, we want to point out number seven in Raised is actually a two-time winner. This horse broke his maiden July 9th at Ellis, and he was disqualified from purse money. Uh, I think uh, the horse flunked the drug test. So he was disqualified. They brought him back, and he won uh, for 20 at Churchill on September 30th. Uh, just wanted to point that out. So really, even though this race is for non-winners of two races, technically the seven in Raised is – unofficially won two races well i i don't think i'm playing in rage but i do you know it draws my eye when you see florent taking them out there um i you know i didn't know really where to go i really like will's pick i mean the favorite is is going to be tough i think as well i mean I, the only other outside horse i was thinking of and, and i've kind of watched this horse from time to time He's he's definitely a price. He hasn't he's kind of bounced around to Barnes, but sold to Sir number six. I, I think this horse on the cutback could put possibly get there. He kind of looks like a closer for sure. I don't I don't know if he's going to still run with that form. I hope he kind of changes up going seven furlong. So it'll be interesting. But if it is if it is you know flying up top, I mean possibly this horse could close. Uh, you know, and get in the money and or win. He's never run, a, a, you know, a sprint race or seven furlong race, one, you know, in a, that I can see. So there's a possibility here. This horse has kind of been bounced around a ton, but that, that's the only horse I see that can maybe get a, as a separator. Okay, Alan. Uh, you guys have touched on my main ones. This race in particular, the, the morning line favorite is Tuggle. I'm worth t- taking a shot against Tuggle. Uh, this horse has beaten a grand total of, uh, I don't know. It's not brain dead last, last time while stalking, uh, a very slow pace dropping in class. Yes. Tyler Gaffleon. Yes. But I think that he's going to get bet. I'm willing to take a stand against him. one for 18 lifetime. I like the, the, the horses you all, you guys just mentioned, uh, soldier serves probably the one I lean toward just ever so slightly, uh, not crazy about the horse, but I do think the horse may finish well at the seven furlong distance. Manny Esquivel is a bit of an underrated rider. So, I, I you know, if you held a head, it takes so to serve, but I'm completely with Will on Mist of Time. 
this horse is cutting back as well too but this horse actually cut uh stalked a fast pace as huggle stalked a slow pace last time so missed of time it could be very dangerous in this spot i completely agree missed of time and sold to serve the ones that stick out to me and rage as you mentioned is a two-time winner and both two and to go further with that those two times that he won were the only two times he's in maiden claiming company because he got disqualified from purse money so he ran against open company three straight times, goes back in a maiden claiming company and wins, and then gets claimed by a very good trainer, Grant Forrester. So to me, it's an I would have to use Enraged. I would have to use Soul to Sir. I would have to use Miss of Time. And I would also include Nip and Tuck on the bottom, another horse cutting back who, who's fairly forward, forwardly placed. Those are the four I would use. That's kind of a cop-out selection. But Tuggle doesn't thrill me. Those are the four that do. Okay, I'm going to go around the table. Uh, real quick, I'm going to ask each of you, if you're playing a pick five, are you going to spread? And spread by spreading, I mean play three or more horses, or are you going to go skinny, two or less? Uh, so, Will, we'll start with you. Spread or skinny? Yeah, uh, thanks, Craig. Uh, and I, I was going to come back around and talk about this. I'm spreading, and I'm actually – because, yeah, we are talking about building a pick five ticket here. I am uh, dead set against the favorite, just like Alan. I'm tossing Tuggle and trying to beat him uh, with the horse I already mentioned and also with the one Cochise Charlie. Yes, I the three, The three, the feature, and the five no, notable exceptions. So those are the, the uh, along with the four mists of time, those are the four I'm using to try to beat Tuggle, who I see as the vulnerable favorite. Okay, Will Spreading. What about you, Brandon? Well, you know – I liked only one other one. I thought is on the outside Ironstone Road. That's um, next race. That's the next race. <laughs> oh, I apologize. Apologize. He's in my. Go ahead. <laughs> race eight. Yeah, he wants to know if you're going to spread it on Merrill and, and race eight. Oh. You're supposed to answer. Well, the I'll take a. I had to get a refill skinny. here. Skip me. Skip me. I don't know what y'all are talking about. I had a winner. Gotcha. Uh, I'll answer. I um, I would use four. I'm going to uh, – generally speaking, I actually like to go skinny early. I like to single right off the bat if I can, if, if possible. I never let where the horse is in the sequence throw me. If I like, if he's a, in the last race, I want to single. If he's the first race, I want to single. It's happens the way I play on constr- – if I play this pick five, which I may or may not, I don't know. The way I'm going to construct my ticket is the narrowness comes later. So I will, I would spread four deep in this one. All right, let's go to race nine, mile and three sixteenths, an unusual distance at Churchill. It's an allowance optional claimer for non-winners of 10,000 twice other than yada, yada, yada. And the favorite on the morning line is number two, Allege, from the Steve Asmussen barn. I'm sorry, that's the second choice. The favorite is number four, Huge Bigley, from the John Ortiz barn, uh, ridden by Rat Ortiz. And Huge Bigley comes off a... Runner-up effort to Happy American, uh, going a mile and a quarter at the same level last time at the beginning of the month. So, Huge Bigley is the morning line favorite. Allege is the second favorite. Brandon, now that you are are clued back in, where do you land in race nine? Well, I, I gave it away a little bit, but my top choice, honestly, is Farmington Road. I've loved this horse a long time, followed it. It's 
they, I mean, they've they've tried all kinds of conditions, went to turf, you know, then got claimed. I, I'd like to see what's going to happen coming out of this new barn. I hope this horse stays in the race. I don't know if it's a possible scratch or not, or depending on what they're thinking, maybe they might position it a different race. But, uh, I mean, obviously a ledge is going to be tough to beat. Uh, but Farmington Road, I think you've got something here because you're getting a, a really good jockey, a great jockey, a great trainer. I don't like his percentages third off the layoff, but I like the form when you're changing from dirt to, you know, from turf to dirt. And then first start with Joe Arnold, he strikes, you know, 23%. Now I know the sample size is small, but I just think there's a, there's a lot of upside to this horse. So I'd like to try it. Um, and then I, I thought as a, as a, potential bomb here is another one of those plays where I'm looking for, you know, been, been on turf or synthetic and transitioning back to dirt. And I don't like how this horse started out, but I think outside Ironstone road, number eight for Troy Newton may have a shot. I like the percentages. I like how the horse ran at Keeneland or I'm sorry, Ellis. Uh, I mean, he wanted Ellis in that condition. Uh, I think, you know, so I, I thought this horse had a ton of upside. Quality Road is a great sire. Uh, I, th- those are my shots. But I, I, that's what I'm playing because if you looked at today's pick five and the payout, I, I got to try to score to catch up for some of my losses. <laughs> All right, Alan, we'll go to you next. Uh, not a lot of speed in this race. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's what I think the key comes down to in this race uh, is mile three sixteenths. Lots of time in these these long route races, it's about who can get on who can get on league, get comfortable, lope along, and be tough to run down. Uh, last time, I think a ledge got the jump on Huge Bigley, but um, I, I don't know if that's a ledge's best game. I think a ledge would probably like to sit a little bit back. So I expect Huge Bigley and Raylou Gutierrez. Is it Raylou? No, it's Irad. They go to the front. I think they're going to try to get the front. I think a ledge is going to try to set off. Uh, so those two obviously figure. I don't think either horse is that good, but I think the pace figures them. You, to me, you'd have to use them. But I would also have to use the X-Factor horse in the race. That's Patagonia, Tyler Gaffleon, and Jonathan Thomas, who's getting to probably win 50 races at Turfway Park. Uh, that horse has been up for 18 months, but has been working at, oh, I believe I counted 11 works, spaced a week apart, obviously prepping for this. Uh, something along these lines, he's been gelded. Uh, they kept the horse in training. They must like him. You get Gaffleon. That's the X-Factor I would have to have on the ticket as well. And then Brandon mentioned Irons on Road. That would be the other one I really find intriguing. The horse has done very well on dirt. Uh, the horse has shown the ability to run inside uh, in both his wins. And, you know, miles 316, if you can save all the ground that you want and still run inside, maybe you can save a little ground, you know, take the shortest way home. And the horse isn't fitting for dirt, low profile connections. I'd throw that one in there as well. So that's the four that I that I'm looking at. Can we talk about Patagonia for a second? I just did. Go ahead. I mean, Walk this pod, horse, man. they've tried everything with this horse, and now they've gelded them. Been a year layoff. I don't know. I learned a lot Pat, this past weekend when, you know, we had an ownership, you know, our trainer, the jockey, and then Color Dawn debuts after one year and doesn't run at all. I don't know. I Now I'm thinking – you know, do they think that a lot of this horse, I mean, we can work all day and night and we can show good, you know, decent works. You go back to October 29th, this horse had a great work. 
you know, then they put them on turf for whatever reason. No, no, who care? You know, throw that out. I, you know, I, I hope. I mean, it's like I do want to play Patagonia. It's almost like I want to single it. You know, but if it doesn't, it, it's going to be a cheap ticket. But I like where you're going, Alan. It's it's, it's, it's an X factor horse. It's an X factor horse yeah. you just want to include because you don't know what's the, the horse may if the horse runs to the potential he's shown as a uh, as a two year old and a three year old, then the horse is probably going to win the race. But again, we don't know, so you just throw it in there. If you like something later on, like I do, I just go ahead and throw it in. Will. All right, I agree with almost everything Alan said, um, and that you two agreed on upon, which was that there is a uh, lack of speed in this race, and if there's a horse that can get out on the front end and get an easy lead, get on a cruise control, may be able to take him all the way around. Huge Bigley, like that horse, if he runs the a repeat of the last race he ran. He's going to, he would win this race. Um, picks up Irad Ortiz Jr., as you mentioned. But to go from 48 to 1 to a 2 to 1, two to one exactly. morning line. Exactly. Um, I'm going to, I, I'm going to use this horse. Uh, I'm still, this is not, this is probably, this is a spread race for me. I'm going to use a huge big lead, but I'm going to go elsewhere for my top pick, which is going to be out of the box. Goalie, right? Yeah, goalie. Seven. goalie. Yep, exactly. And let me tell you why. Sprint to route. Yep. Uh, you're probably so probably going to be um, forwardly placed, if not on the lead. That's what you're, that's what I'm looking for. Exits a key race. Uh, the two horses in that last race came back and won, including the next to last horse, the horse that ran eighth in that race, came back, won its next race. The winner of that race, the last race, competitive saint. Came back and ran a very credible race, finishing fifth um, in an allowance race um, with an 81 buyer speed figure. Then you look at the breeding of uh, goalie, My Tina. Well, the My Tina threw a horse called Midnight Storm, which was by right. Pioneer of the Nile. Midnight Storm is a multiple graded stakes winner on the dirt going two turns. Mm. So this horse um, at 10 to 1 odds and probably going to be higher than that, quite frankly, um, is a very playable horse, especially in this pick five sequence. Um, you know, you're right. So, and something I, would, I didn't mean to interrupt you here, yeah. but uh, that that race at, at Keeneland, I remember that horse, remember that race well. And that horse was taking more money than I thought he should be taking that day for some reason. And he did pass four horses late and. I'm like this. You've got me sold. We'll continue on. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that was pretty much it on goalie. But it, again, I'm not. It's not like I'm going to single this horse. But I'm spreading in this race. I'm using uh, him, the seven, the goalie, and like I already mentioned, four huge big lead. Also using the one twenty twice. Yeah, I can um, see that. I think I think that horse is going to like the added distance. Also coming out of a key race um, with a uh, with a, uh, a very decent field. Um, also using the three Patagonia, which you all just talked about, five-year-old with this will be his fifth race. Uh, I did the first time gelding. Um, I watched that last race, even though it was March of March first of 2020. Very weird race. Dropped way back um, and then came running late. Um, and you could kind of see that in the running line. And um, just kind of a really weird race, and then he disappears. 
So, um, but, but he picks up Tyler Gaffleon, which adds credibility. Jonathan Thomas, great trainer. So you're kind of wondering, you know, um, you've kind of got a bit of an invader from New York here. What is this horse doing showing up? It's been working out at Belmont. What's he doing showing up at Churchill Downs on, on Friday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the four horses I'm using. I like it. I like it. I'm going to give goalie more consideration. Regarding Patagonia, I, you all know I drank the, the, the Thurograph Kool-Aid. The Jerry Brown's, one of his tenants is uh, an ouchy horse, and it looks like Patagonia is an ouchy horse. I see four layoff lines. An ouchy horse is going to run his best race in his first start back, and then they usually decline. That doesn't happen every single time. But I think uh, you may, you might see Patagonia's best here, so I would not leave him out for sure. I wouldn't single him either. But the horse does have some talent. I mean, looking back through his running lines, he beat uh, uh, Moretti, uh, Todd Pletcher horse, uh, back two starts back. That's, of course, that's been two years ago, but the horse does have talent. So, uh, Alan, real quick, spread or skinny? Uh, again, I'm gonna. I, I hate doing this because I'm not a spread spread guy, but I'm gonna spread here because again, I'm gonna narrow it down next race. Will. Yeah, I'm spreading. You got the four horses I'm using. I'm. I'm. Uh, uh, I've got. Uh, I'm getting narrower later in the car, later in the sequence. Brandon. I'm gonna take two. Farmington Road, and uh, you know. I'm a single. I don't know. I can <laughs> I can go two to four because I mean everybody made great cases. I I I wasn't expecting some of these cases, and then you start looking at these horses and really diving deep. Well, in the three sixteenth races, these route races, and a lot of times these aren't great horses in these races, and at, at this level, it's just a matter of who can stay the trip, who's in decent form and stuff. So you don't have to be a oh. world beater to win these races. I'll be honest. The class is Farmington Road, and I think it smokes the field. Okay. All right. Good enough. Right. Here we go. Let's turn the page to race 10. This is a one-mile allowance for three years old and up, which have never won a race, other than maiden claiming yada, yada, yada. The favorite, and a heavy favorite at that, is going to be on the way outside. That's number 12, Milliken. This is yep. a son of into mischief out of a very nice mare, Ivory, Ivory Empress, who's produced a lot. Milliken ran in a probably the toughest uh, A other than allowance race of the meet at Keeneland where he ran Olympiad to a half a length and they were a mile in front of the others and I think that race came back pretty quick so this horse is four to five on the morning line he he looks like the the, the real deal uh maybe a chink in the armor as Ian Wilkes has not won a race at the meet which is really really odd but uh, Milliken's going to be hard to handle. Let's go to Allen first. I bet you like a price in here. I do like a price. Uh, let's uh, start with Milliken, obviously. The horse is going to be double tough to beat. I completely and honestly uh, agree with that. Milliken is a son of the blue hen. I guess you call it a blue hen mare for Whittem, for Jance Whittem, uh, Ivory Empress. Ivory Empress has thrown, uh, help me out here, Bondurant has thrown uh, McCracken. McCracken, Four Graces. Uh, there's a couple others, too. The, with dignity. With dignity. The, the, the common thread with all those horses is, unlike other Ian Wilkes horses, those horses went on debut. They win, They flash a lot of talent early. And 
the one asterisk I'm going to throw to this racehorse here is because of the, the lineage there. Those horses have a tendency to hit their ceilings early as well, too. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. All those horses kind of peaked in their three-year-old year. Uh, that's not to say that Milliken does not have a ton of upside, that she, uh, he will not smoke this field uh, from the outside draw going this one-turn mile. The numbers say he will. Um I'd be fool to leave him off the ticket because he, he may be that talented. You saw what he did in his debut. But but if this horse does hit a ceiling like some of the other Ivory Rempus horses have, there's one crazy shot I'm going to use, and that is a he's 50 to 1 in the morning line. That's a horse called LeBlanc uh, for Paulo Lobo. I'm going to use two in this spot. Uh, I know. And again, you go through sequences and Jason Bean talks about this all time, all the time. And I completely and utterly agree with it is you have to look at sequences and handicap the way, not just handicap how who's going to win the races, handicap how other people are going to play the sequence and then do your best to work around that. And, you know, it's sometimes you can't, sometimes you can't, maybe in that case you skip the sequence, but in this sequence, everyone's going to single Milliken. Everyone's going to single Milliken. How can I be somewhat different and maybe hit something legendary? I'm going to use LeBlanc. I know it's stupid. It's 51 morning line. The morning line's crazy. The horse should be 15 to one in the morning line, but let's take a closer look at my insanity here. Uh, <laughs> LeBlanc's first couple of races were nothing special. Did, uh, back last year, did improve in his second start, a third place finish on the turf in Indiana. Fast forward a couple of months to this meet here at, at Churchill Downs, right? Has one star October 25th, improves dramatically against a horse named Camp Hope, who is going to run in the Hollywood Derby this weekend for walking out the Reds. Beat business model. It was a, I remember the, I remember the uh, race in particular, and the horse ran a really big race. I wasn't sold at that point. I should have been. The next start, November 28th, which is almost a year ago to the day, in a very wide-open maiden race, this horse gets up to win and for Joe Talamo. So well, they lay the horse off, comes back in a 1X, runs okay. They try him in the bluegrass. That was a mistake. Has been laid off since the bluegrass. Flash forward to the fall. One start at Keeneland, turf to dirt. Going on the turf, wasn't a great field. Uh, now goes turf to dirt, which is a pretty good – Angle for Mr. Lobo, he's 54% across the board going turf to dirt. He's making the same pattern he did last year uh, in the in the fall at Churchill. Second start, he fired his best shot at 94 Brisnet figure. I don't know if he can win this race, don't get me wrong, but the patterns say the same that he did last year. I thought the source had more talent than he's shown. Once you get past Milliken, I, I think there's a lot of uh, eh, kind of horses in here. Maybe LeBlanc doesn't win the race. Maybe LeBlanc juices your super effective behind Milliken. Maybe Milliken gets tired at the one-turn mile and LeBlanc runs him down. That's my long spiel of why I'm going to use Milliken and a 51 shot in LeBlanc. Now, anybody else can poke holes in it, feel free. Let me catch my breath. I picked this horse out on Monday. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought you were joking. Uh, right. Joe Talmo rides the horse well. I'm I'm using that horse. All, All right. right. I, had I had it. Yeah, I had it. Before you said a word, I had it. Sweet. Will, Will, you're the king of equity, building equity on a ticket. So, uh, how do you handle how do you handle a horse like Milliken? I mean, you're going to use him, right? Uh, well, first of all, Allen is 
100% correct in, in his analysis. You, you, you've got to – not only do you have to handicap these horses, you've got to handicap the sequence and how you think others are going to play it. And I, th- this horse is morning line four to five. I, I cannot believe that this horse will be odds on uh, when it's all said and done. I think I, – I don't think that – I don't think the horse will be odds on. But, you know, based on the morning line, it's probably going to draw a lot of singles. Um and I, I think Alan's absolutely right. I think uh, the horse is probably the best horse in the race, but that does not mean he's going to win. And I think he, I think this is this this is the race where Alan is correct. You try to find horses that you think uh, you, that you think can win this race and beat that that favorite. And if you can do that, if you can. Build that hurdle, if you will. Build you build equity uh, in your ticket by doing so. So this is where you take that chance. Yeah. And I would add real quick that one of the reasons I say that with with a horse such as Milliken, and again Milliken probably wins the race, but the problem is when you go back and you look at everyone's ticket, they're going to draw during this race, whether it be a pick four, pick five, whatever, they're going to have Milliken on their ticket, and then they're going to have Midnight Bourbon, and they're going to have Maxfield in the next race, right? That those so in that in that those. Legs three and legs four, everyone's going to have those three horses, everyone. So you've got to be somewhat contrary in some fact. You don't have to be crazy in, in single 30 to one shots in three legs, but you've got to come up with some little different dance sometimes to just kind of think out. You may not be right, but when you are right, it'll it'll compensate for that. Because, again, everyone's going to have Milliken. Everyone's going to have Midnight Bourbon and Maxfield. So you've got to. If, and if, if you're if you're going to play the ticket to use single Milliken and use those two horses in the next race, why even play the ticket unless you're going to go really skinny in legs one, two, and five? It, exactly. If you're gonna if you're gonna play it that way, then you um, you play a higher base bet. Yeah. You play you play a higher base bet. Well, you know, you, and that's another great point. You don't have to play just one ticket. You can yeah. play multiple tickets. And and try and you know, try one where you're trying to beat this. Uh, this this odds-on favorite that draws an outside post in Milligan and for all the reasons you just suggested is maybe a little bit vulnerable, which I agree with. Um, and it, that ticket, if if you get through this leg alive on that ticket, you you're looking at something pretty good. But you don't have to play. You don't have to play just one ticket. You can skinny up on another ticket, pump up that base bet, and still hit and you know come out ahead. Right. Because the way I see it is if you only use two horses in the Clark, you know, Midnight Bourbon and let's say you're only using Midnight Bourbon and Maxfield. And I think there's a couple of horses going that race. Don't get me wrong. But if you're going to single Milliken, then to me, you can't use both those horses. You can't use just those two horses. You got to take a stand and use one or the other. Or, you know, that's just the way I see it. You can't bet against yourself too much. This this is the race in the sequence where you, you try to build that equity. Absolutely. So what do you think then? So uh, I agree with you on on the blonde. Um, assuming we're pronouncing that correctly, I thought he had a really decent comeback uh, off the layoff. Um, I watched the race, uh, and I think this four, I, or I, I'm sorry, I think this race um, could actually set up for uh, for closers, something coming off the pace, and I think that is going to be to his advantage. Uh, you got the you got the nine uh, injunction who projects at the speed. Um, who you know we haven't even talked about that horse yet. That horse looked amazing as well. Draws uh, Joel Rosario, and but I, I think there's going to be enough company on the front end. You've got this 12 horse field, you know, assuming it stays intact. 
you've got an also eligible. So, you know, there's more than one scratch. It won't be a 12 horse field, but there's plenty of speed in here. I think that's going to set it up for something coming off the pace, which is going to include the six. Uh, it's going to, I think probably my actual top selection is the five gentle soul. Oh yeah. Uh, you're getting a turn back. Uh, the one turn mile, I think it's going to hit this horse right between the eyes. Uh, if you look a couple races back, three races back, one at this distance at Brandon's favorite race, the mile at Ells Park. Um, <laughs> and beat, oh, by the way, Injunction, the nine horse. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, a very, and a very nice fast time. So, I, I, I think that that horse at the, the price that you're looking at is one you got to use. Again, if you're looking to beat the, the odds on favorite here, build that equity. And then I would go um, also to the eight, uh, which is flags up. Uh, I thought that horse ran a nice race last time out, closed well, the extra eighth of a mile uh, could really benefit this horse um, and um, it, it could get up there. Bayerano picks up them out there. I'm assuming he got bumped by Rosario. They switched. Um, on, on injunction. Yeah, but, say. Uh, but he's having a great meet, you know, uh, uh, and I, I love to see that. You know, he's always, he's been one of my favorite. He was my favorite jockey. Uh, going back to when he first started riding at Churchill Downs. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see Raphael uh, having a great meet. Very aggressive rider, too. Very aggressive. I would also add that if you do like Milliken, this is a really good race to play a Superfecta and try to hammer someone in a certain spot. As we've mentioned, Flags Up is a candidate for that. I would say Notary with Wayne Lucas is a candidate for that. The horse always runs his race. It's a really good one-turn horse. Always seems to hit the fringes of the exotics. Uh, LeBlanc. So if you do believe Milliken's the one to beat, you don't have to bet these verticals, these horizontals all the time. You can bet verticals. I will bet verticals in this race. So uh, I think it's a, even though you might hit it, if, if let's say Milliken were to win it four to five, I still think the Superfecta could pay well because it's an evenly matched field underneath. And if you can come up with an edge underneath, then your your vertical wager could pay quite well as well. Okay, Brandon? Brandon, wrap us up. Well, I tell you, everybody's pretty much dissected this race. I mean, you think this is the Clark, but it is an interesting <laughs> setup. You know, I, I, there's a couple of them. I, I, I really like Notary here. Is it weird because D Wayne doesn't, hasn't really won. You got Ricardo who's ice cold, uh, you know, winning at 9% at, at Churchill, which is very surprising, but re- this horse comes back. And if there's a speed duel or something happens, guess who's going to be closing. And Ricardo knows how to close. I think he's pretty hungry, so I would I would watch it. They're taking blinkers off, so maybe he settles a little bit, and then definitely kicks in a little bit more uh, coming home. But I, I like the form of this horse. If there is a speed duel, only now you know if you get the soft fractions, this horse has got no chance. But uh, I was with Will. I like General Soul a ton to try to beat the big favorite. I think Injunction getting a switch over to Joel Rosario. He's almost a lock this meet. I mean, everything he touches, True. it seems to be, True. you know, he's in, in the money. Uh, just super strong. Uh, and then obviously Milliken. But those are those are my picks. I tell you, Notary, though, stands out. I like the post. Do I, do I like D-Wayne? No, I don't. But I think this horse is, is due for the win. He's a hard knocker. I, I like the big sw- – I don't like Cohen riding Notary at all. I think Ricardo is the big switch and something that kind of tips the hat. Maybe maybe it's time for D. Wang on kind of the closing weekend that he gets his horse in. 
uh, in for the win. So, uh, but I am going to play your all's bombs though. Thank you. <laughs> Cece, what do you think? You got any opinion? Yeah, I'm going to the bank with Milliken. I don't care what you all think. <laughs> <laughs> he probably wins. He probably does. No, he's, he's the fastest horse in the race. Now, that that was a big effort last time. Uh, you could make the case that he could regress off of that. If he regresses, the, the, the rest of this bunch is not that far behind at this point. Now, Milliken may go on to win stakes races. So, you've got to make – I think you got to make a decision. I, don't, I, I think it's him or everybody, in my opinion, because there's a lot in there that are evenly matched, just my opinion. Real quick. Uh, we'll go around the table again. Alan's uh, skinny or spread? Skinny. I mean, you got to take a stand somewhere. And uh, I would either single Milliken in the pick four, or I'm not Milliken, I'm sorry, LeBlanc in the pick four and shoot for the moon, or I'll use both Milliken and uh, LeBlanc in the pick five, well, depending on how the ticket play. I mean, it's going to be expensive. I mean, it might be too much expensive for me to play it, but, uh, you know, because of the way I'm, I'm drawing it up. Uh, but yeah, it's just two for me, LeBlanc and Milliken. And if I lose, I lose. Okay, Will. Uh, uh, I'm not sure what qualifies as skinny, but I'm probably going three wide here with the five, six, and eight. I'm calling that a spread. Uh, two okay. or less. No, no, hey, no Milliken. He's got no Milliken. But I got no Milliken. Oh, and boy. I may, and I may actually throw in the eleven uh, that I didn't talk about, uh, which was Perfect Silent Cat at thirty to one. Woo. Hey, hey, Twitter's not going to allow this podcast to be advertised for spreading uh, misinformation. Just want you to know that, Will. <laughs> what about you, Brandon? Six deep. Oh, boy. Okay, but who are you going to like in the, in the race? Just kidding. Ah, very good. All <laughs> right, let's go to the feature race on the card and this is the clark handicap uh one of the uh, signature races in the uh, fall meet and we've got to pay this uh, race its proper respect i'm looking back through the winners of this race and it is littered with kentucky derby winners uh i mean going back to 1881 hindu 1889 spokane 1890 riley 1892 azra halma chant plaudit lieutenant gibson his eminence Old Rosebud, Exterminator, Whirlaway won it in 1942, Swoon Sun, Crimson Satan, and going on just going down the list. Bob's Dusty, I think he ran second or third in Seattle Slews Derby. Bob's Dusty won the race twice. A lot of gold. Hopeful word. And then you would get on, the, then, the, then it really takes shape in the late 90s. Silver Charm won it in 1998. 2000 was uh, the Philly Surfside for Dwayne Lucas. St. Liam won in 04. I think that was the year before he won the Breeders' Cup Classic for uh, Dutro. Premium Tap. 2008 was Einstein for Helen Pitts. 2009 was Blame. The year before was Zenyatta and Blame hooked up in the 2010 Breeders' Cup Classic. Wise Dan won the race in 2011. That was one of the he won a Grade One race on dirt, poly, and and uh, turf. Sure. Wise Dan that was his Grade One, I believe, on dirt. And then you got Shackleford. Gunrunner won in 16. I think that's going to have uh, – uh, we need to pay attention to that when we're handicapping this race. And then uh, last year, of course, was Bodie Express, who pulled off a 13-1 to upset. Uh, it's a great race this year as well. The heavy favorite, and I think maybe a vulnerable favorite, 
is number eight, Maxfield, six to five on the morning line. I think that might be a little too light, but the horse is four for four at Churchill. He's won over uh, nearly three quarters of a million dollars seeking another grade one. Uh, Will, we'll start with you. What do you think we should do in the Clark? I am going to the one, Midnight Bourbon. And um, basically what I see here when I'm looking at this race is one horse that projects his speed, and it's Midnight Bourbon. All the other horses project as off-the-pace horses. Um, None of them, maybe um, Night Ops presses Midnight Bourbon, but you've got a horse that projects as um, as the maybe lone speed in, in the race, and that horse draws the rail. And he picks up the best jockey in the country right now, and maybe the planet, Joel Rosario. And so assuming Midnight Bourbon breaks well, and Rosario um, does what I think he should do, which is take the horse right to the lead, um, he's got controlling speed. He's got the rail draw. Maxfield is a very good horse. Tons of respect for him. Um, but he's going to have a real problem if Midnight Bourbon breaks well and gets a gets an easy lead, which it projects um, is going, which is what it projects is going to happen. Um, and if that does happen, as good as Maxfield is, with uh, with Midnight Bourbon having done that. It's going to be real tough to get past him in the stretch, I believe. And I, so I'm, I'm, I'm picking Midnight Bourbon. He's going to be a single in my pick five. All right, I like Ooh. you. Ooh, outstanding. Okay, Brandon, let's go to you. Well, I can't deny what Will's saying exactly on Midnight Bourbon. I think the horse is a winner. Uh, Steve Asmussen switches to Joel. Here again, Ricardo taking the back seat. Uh, Brad Cox, always love your entries here, but. Not on night ops. Please don't prove me wrong. Um, you know, to go through each one, there's a lot of credibility to a lot of these horses, but I, I mean, the class of Maxfield is huge. But Dr. Post would be kind of my other, because uh, I am definitely going to go three deep here. And those are my three standouts. I mean, don't forget, Maxfield got beat by our collector. Our collector really didn't do too well last out. I, I, you know, Maxfield is vulnerable, but, you know, in my hope, I, I really hope Walsh actually wins this. He's a great trainer. He deserves it. Maxfield deserves it. He's done everything right at, at Churchill. Uh, Godolphin's got a great string with Brendan. But I think you're shipping in Dr. Post. Never ran at Churchill. I mean, this is kind of my, my big question mark of what this horse is going to do. Uh, I would love to see if there was like a work or two at Churchill, but that's not going to happen. So um, I think Midnight Bourbon, Dr. Post, and Maxfield are my three. That's how I'm going to end the pick five. There's no other way I'm picking up any other horse, period, in my pick five or any other bets. It's these top three. Okay, Alan. Um, I am – well, first off, I should say that I'm Team King Fury. But I don't. As much as I love that, I would love to see that horse win. I would. I, yeah, I don't you think. Are. Yeah. Well, I, I'm. I would love to see the horse win the race. I'm not going to select King Fury because I don't think the pace factors into his favor. The way I see this race, I'm Team Maxfield. 
and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, because I know going to this race, I believe Midnight Bourbon is the 8-5 to five morning line favorite. I believe Maxfield is 6-5. I believe everyone's going to see the pace scenario the same way you guys do, the same way Will does. And by post time, I believe Midnight Bourbon is going to be favored. And because everyone's going to see the rail, they're going to see Rosario, they're going to see him on the lead. And I see the I see off odds more along the lines of Midnight Bourbon, 6-5. to five, And Maxfield may drift up to, say, 9-5. to five. This is just my opinion. I come back to – I know the pace scenario benefits Midnight Bourbon. I know it does. But I keep coming back to – I was going back and forth between my, these two horses, going over these PPs before we, we logged on. And at the end of the day, Midnight Bourbon is a two-time winner. Maxfield's a seven-time winner, seven for ten. In those last two races, the two times he lost was a lone lead for Nick Skull, who won the Breeders' Cup Classic, correct? And then Art Collector, I believe, got a loan on the lead. So um, at the end of the day, and I believe Maxfield, as you said, Maxfield's four for four at Churchill. I don't know if Midnight Bourbon has won a race at Churchill. I do believe the pace scenario definitely benefits Midnight Bourbon. There's no question about it. But I think they might be able – Jose Ortiz knows the horse well with Maxfield. He might get him closer to the pace. He might know when to go. I'm going to say this, and I can definitely see a scenario where Midnight Bourbon gets alone in the lead, and and uh, Maxfield chases him home in second. But I'm going to give the nod to Maxfield. That said, the, the trio of King Fury, Dr. Post, and Happy Saver, those three horses are no slouches. And any of the three of these could win on their best day. So – uh, I'm not going to automatically say this is a two-horse race. Um, the value may be using those horses in the two spot, for that matter. But give me Max Field and knowing farewell that Midnight Bourbon may wire the field. Hey, Craig. Yeah. Some of these horses could have won the Classic, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Maxfield would have been probably, what, eight, nine to one in the Classic? Yeah. Nine to one. So, yeah, I mean, I remember the purpose of this more than likely was to skip that and to try to take this. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, they, they aim for this spot. These get these horses aim for this spot. Ordinarily, you have horses backing out of the classic in a last ditch effort to, to all these horses aim for this spot. That makes this this Clark a little different than most years. The problem is yeah, the, midnight, midnight Bourbon could have been there. Yeah. The, the Clark that horse has been waiting since September. The Clark comes three weeks after the classic. Now that's just hardly not enough time for most of these trainers anymore. So they they had to make a decision. They're going to go one or the other. And Maxfield, right. I think Walsh made the right decision. I mean, what's he going to do? I mean, he he couldn't. Uh, you're not beating Nick's go. No. Uh, in, with that pace scenario. No. And, uh, you know, so I think they made the right choice. They're going to. Try I think to get, Midnight Bourbon did too. I think Midnight did as well too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just a few notes. Midnight Bourbon. Is kind of on the same trajectory as the 2016 winner, Gunrunner. I mean, right. they, they almost match. Uh, I mean, in sync perfectly. I think Midnight Bourbon, if he if he continues to improve, he's he's the next Gunrunner. And you know, Gunrunner won this race as a three-year-old. And there's no reason Midnight Bourbon can't do it either. I think uh, uh, there's not a lot of difference between. I know Maxfield is the very best in the race. He's the most proven horse, but. Uh, speed figure wise, I think he does not tower over these horses. And I think, uh, uh, the weight differential and the fact that Maxfield drew the eight hole might have, uh, might have something to do with the outcome here. Midnight bourbon and King Fury both get 118. They carry 118. Maxfield carries 123. Hmm. I mean, just looking at the race, Maxfield is at least going to be probably three wide coming off the far turn. So he's going to lose ground. I think that. 
I think the value of the race is King Fury because that race he ran at Churchill on September 25th, that would uh, that would put him in the photo here, in my opinion, with the the weight given. So I mean, if he gets you get 12 to one on King Fury, I think you have to use him. Uh, Midnight Bourbon is the other one, of course, I like. But uh, uh, and then, then you know, for me, those are those are the A's, and then Doctor Post is probably a B. Happy Saver, I'm a little. I don't know what to do with him. He's kind of been a disappointment. Uh, he's, here's my here's my opinion on Happy Saver. Um, when I was looking at this race, one of the notes the note I wrote down is uh, future marathoner. He when you watch him yeah. run, he he's that kind of one paced stayer. And, you know the Pletcher has had in the past. You know, he's going to be you're going to see him uh, as he goes forward in mile and a half and mile and three quarter races. Yeah, I agree. So let me ask you, Will, So and see, you guys, who do you prefer between the two Pletchers? Do you prefer Dr. Post or do you prefer Happy Saver in this, in this spot? I prefer Dr. Post. Post. Me too. Me too. And, and, and back on King Fury, I know, Alan, you know, we've talked about this. He was your derby pick. He, he was going to be your derby pick, and he was going to yeah. be mine as well. Um, I, I just – I don't think this race sets up for him. I, 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 still, I still love the horse. I just don't think it sets up for him. Yeah, I, I, in a better, in a different scenario, I, on a perfect, on a perfect, I think this horse could knock these guys off because I think the horse is that talented. But it, if I'm going to take a horse from off the pace to try to run down Midnight Bourbon, I'm gonna, I gotta take Maxfield, right? So, Correct. Uh, so I'd be wishing the best for King Fury. Uh, but yeah, it, not saying that I wouldn't use him, but uh, it, it should be a fun. Race. We've got a good addition to the Clark today. We really do this weekend. All right, real quick, one word. Uh, Will, we'll start with you. Spread or skinny in the Clark? Skinny. Brandon. Single. I do two tickets: single Maxfield and then spread with Doctor Post and Midnight Bourbon. So it'd only be my three selections. I just don't see any other horses that can compete. It's more than one word. <laughs> All right. Alan. Skinny. All right. Last race. As the uh, the clock ticks away here, this is a doozy to finish. It's a son of a bitch. This race is a son of a bitch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. This is uh, this is the guy that cuts you off in traffic uh, when you're when you're in a hurry. Yeah. This race is tough. It's six and a half furlong starter allowance. Six. Yeah. Like I said, six and a half furlongs. Uh, horses have started for fifty thousand or less. Have never won a race other than maiden claiming. Yada yada. Uh, where's the favorite here? Is it the eight? The eight Cousteau, man, I don't want this horse. Eight Cousteau was claimed. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe I do want him. He was claimed by Mike Maker, uh, off of the crowd, <laughs> going seven furlongs, uh, and and Maker puts uh, he he goes away from Tyler Gaffleone. He puts a Rad Ortiz on. So uh, maybe they're pretty high on this horse. Uh, the the horse was claimed by Maker's uh, new chief client, Paradise Farms. Ah, uh, boy, uh, Brandon, we'll uh. We'll put the onus on you. How do we? Uh, what do we do here? This is a mess. Well, I'll start with like a bad yard sale. I'll start where you left off with Cousteau, and I don't uh, necessarily dislike Cousteau, but I will say um, he is a half to Paris Lights, yeah. and it's surprising. It was a little surprising to see him go in for a claim, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. That was quite well, the shock. Going, uh, going back three, 
going back three starts. Uh, there was some buzz on this horse when he came back at Churchill on September 25th, and he went off six to five, and he didn't look good at all. And then he came back again, and he finished fourth, beating five links at even money to hear hear my song and Carmel Crush. And Carmel Crush ran off the board, I believe, today at Churchill. Uh, for made special weights, so I you know I have my doubts, but it's it's Mike Maker, and he knows how to he knows what to do with these horses. So well, real quick, there's a twofold thing he may have claimed him one because he's eligible for starter company, and, and, and in case the horse is talented two, they may have just claimed him for like like Wilson, it may be for a broomier prospect. The horse that have to pair his lights, they're they're gonna get their money back no. right there. He's so, not this horse. He's not gonna be a broodmare prospect. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's a male, isn't it? I don't have the PPs in front of me <laughs> or my reading glasses on. <laughs> uh, I'm old. I think we lost uh, – Alan, you lead off. I think we lost uh, Will and Brandon both. Really? Let me see if I can get them back. You go ahead. Tell, me, tell us who you like. Whew. Well, there's a, it's a, the race sucks. Uh, it's a lot of different ways to go to a ton of speed in this race. I mean a ton of speed. Uh Pirate Rick stumbled last time. Pirate Rick's a very fast horse. Cousteau's a very fast horse. Tangled Charlie. On and on and on. There's no real confirmed closers in the race. I went over this numerous times. And if I'm not going to spread, the one I kind of settled on was One Fast Cat for your buddy Rick Howells. And uh, the reason is he ran up the track last time as the favorite. He should never have bet down that low last time. But because there is a lot of speed, I think there might be more to the horse. Then he showed last time, and uh, his, his broke his maiden at Turfway like one sixteen and two. That that horse was on fire that day. The runner up was on fire. Came back and I believe he ran on Bluegrass Day at Keeneland. Ran a pretty good third against Warrant, who was in the West Virginia. Hey, we're Derby. back. All right, we're back. Sorry, I'm gonna miss him talking through this. Can you edit that? <laughs> no, we're going on. We're Alan's, going. Alan's finishing up his picks right now. Yeah, I'm going to go with one fast cat, as I mentioned. The unique thing about this horse, this horse ran on Bluegrass Day, and then he came back and ran on, was it Derby Day? It's interesting where this they, they spotted this horse when Wesley Ward had him. But anyway, he hadn't run a bad race up until last time. He ran the race after Derby Supremacy. That was a pretty tough field. Tulane Trist was in that race. Uh, he ran in the, in the race at Keeneland where he actually did come from off the pace, which may be what you need to do in this spot. And that was against Joe Frazier and Warren, who I believe ran the West Virginia Derby and, and some of the smaller derbies around the country. Uh, comes back Keeneland airs in an, in a spot where he should have won at one to one to a hundred. When he came back at Churchill, he was way wildly overbet for Rick Hiles. I don't think the pace scenario worked for him that day. Brian Hernandez is a very smart rider. And I think he may take him back in this spot against a ton of pace. So there's a lot of ways to go. I'm not going to, I've talked long enough and in. I'm going to sell on one fast cat, even though it's not really the type of horse I usually select. But in a, in a mishmash of a race, I'll, I'll go with that horse for Brian Hernandez. I'm going to tell you one thing on, on one fast cat. I've known Rick, Rick Howes for a long time. When he goes to a top jockey, he means business. Now he, yeah. he did that last time and the horse goes off four to five. And the horse doesn't run, he doesn't run a step. But he did but, chase a 44 and three. Maybe they lay off a little bit more this time. And he makes that move yeah. as the rest of them are stopping. Maybe he makes the aggressive move. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give him one more chance here. He, he, he didn't run poorly. Like there's something wrong with him or anything. He just didn't, he, he didn't fire his best shot. I think, 
the fact that Hernandez comes back to ride it for him, I think that speaks volumes. So I think this horse is a must use. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of must uses in here, but that's the one I had to, if I maybe single one, take one, I'd probably take him. All right, Brandon, let's, uh, let's, uh, see what you've got to say about the, the finale. Well, seeing that I didn't hear any of things that y'all were talking about, which is very good. So I'm not biased here. Good. Uh, I really think, uh, the three critical threat has got a big shot here for Brendan Walsh. She's going to go back to back. I got a feeling. So play a late double to Walsh Walsh and uh, just put five bucks on and see what happens. One fast cat. I love Rick Howes here and, and Brian Hernandez. I, I was all over this horse. Uh, claimed out of Wesley Ward. The, the first start, I, I think you saw something got bet very heavily, but I, I think this horse can go back in the same spot. Gets a little bit more added ground. I think I think they all thought Wesley Ward was still training and, and took off to try to win, you know. So that that's kind of what I saw here. I, and honestly, after that, I, I I don't know. I don't know the rest of how this can play out. I think I think Extreme on the far outside has got a a big a possibility of returning back to the sprint. I think that's the right distance for the horse uh, coming out of Keeneland. I think it's pretty big, but it's you're taking a shot. And how can you claim off jury? You know, he's not. You don't see many people claiming off them. So, uh, but that that's all I could really kind of see. I need help here. All right, Will. All right. Um, like everybody's already said, it, it is a wide open. It's a it's a spread race for me. It's pretty wide open. It's hard to land confidently on anyone here. Uh, but that being said, we are going. We all have to give. Our top selection, I'm going to go with the one greener pastures. Yeah. Um, I believe this horse is, um, it's getting back, it's it's coming off, it's going from uh, turf to dirt, getting back to uh, the surface that it won on two races ago. Um, at seven furlongs, this is six and a half, so close to the same distance. This, it fits well in this race. I, it looks like there's a ton of speed in this race. This horse comes from off the pace, and so I believe that if that if that pace scenario develops, and this horse um, has a good trip and gets a good spot, um, that it can it will, it will be coming off the pace and should pick him up and uh, pick up the pieces and, and can win this race. Uh, other than that, um, we already talked about Cousteau. Uh, Extreme is another one we mentioned. It's actually probably Extreme is my second choice in here. You watch that last race at Keeneland, that maiden 50, six and a half furlongs, same distance, hand ride, very impressive looking. Claimed uh, out of that race uh, off of Tommy Drury and uh, Clayton Farm and Adele Dillschneider. Um, again, like we were talking about with Cousteau earlier, if you look at the breeding on this horse, this horse is a half to Mucho. Um, yeah. yeah, so, you know, four, four-year-old Colt, I mean, uh, they were willing to let him go for 50000 Now somebody's got a nice nice horse, and um, it it was ultra impressive in the last race. I couldn't believe when I saw the morning line was 10-1 to 1 after I handicapped this race. But, again, it projects that, – that horse projects as part of the pace, and I think that if it, if it ends up being a horse on the pace, this horse uh, is, is definitely a candidate to win. Um, so I'm going to th- I'm going to put him in there. Um, I also like uh, 
the four horse, Tango Charlie. Um, again, morning line 10 to 1. Speed horse, won at this distance last time out. Uh, looked great doing it, broke like a shot. Um, second off the layoff. And, um, but again, part of, part of what looks to be like a hot pace. Um, but for a, a, a trainer that's ultra hot right now, a jockey, Rafael, Rafael Bayerano, we talked about before, had a very good solid meet. Um, and so this horse is, uh, lo- looks to be in really good form. Again, though, looks to be part of that hot pace. And that's why I'm going with a one overall as my top pick uh, for something coming off the pace. Um, again, Cousteau is another horse I'm going to use. Beyond that, if I, you know, if I'm if I'm going to really spread deep, um, I'm looking at the five, no, okay, no, and uh, number in the seven on your mark um, as potential um, horses in the in my pick five ticket that I would if I'm spreading deep on that, which I probably will in this race. Okay, one word, Alan, spreader single or spreader uh, skinny. I gotta use more than one word. I'm sorry. If I if I single, if I were to single Milliken, I'm going skinny, and I, there's no way I'm gonna spread after single Milliken. There's just no way I'm gonna do it. Uh, so see, if I single Milliken, which I'm not going to, if I single LeBlanc, I would spread. If that makes any sense, it's all depending on who your other horses are. Okay, that's 73 words. Let's go to Will. <laughs> spread. And Brandon. Spread. Spread within the sequence of my singles are definitely uh, Farmers and Road. I'm going to tell you what. I mean, I, going back to one fast cat, I, I, I'm, I know you're tired of hearing about one fast cat, but I mean, I thought this was a bad claim when they claimed him. And then the fact that Rick put Hernandez on him, I, th- I just think it, that would be very intriguing to me to be alive to one fast cat. This horse is a monster horse. He's huge. He may need, he may need that extra half a furlong. I don't know, but, uh, I agree. And again, I go back to one fast cat. The reason, again, I actually was against him last time. And I never thought I, when I was going through, I never thought I would pick him in this spot because of the way the pace scenario play. So many horses I really like in this horse, like on your mark, extreme greener pastures. Those are horses I really like. I'm fans of that's, but I go back to, I know what the, the story of one fast cat. he, Ran it terribly, broke his maiden against Jerry Secret, who was well met that day, and outfinished him in 116 and two. They brought him back against Warren. They brought him back against the race after Derby Day with Tulane Triss and Supremacy. Then they offer him up for 50 Keeneland, and someone takes him. At six, at, at four to five, I'm not interested. At two to one, I'm not, at six to one, I'm interested. Let's put it that way. I'm gonna throw you I one bomb out. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Will. I, was just, I think it's a bum claim. Yeah, it probably is. It probably is. But it's worth it to give it a shot. I see. But I, I thought so, too. But they protect him. I mean, they think enough of him to protect him. They don't run him back for a claiming tag. So and Brian gets back on him. I tell Brian you, gets back claim. on him. I Extremes don't know one hell of a claim. For, if I'd have had 50 grand, I'd have, I'd have claimed Extreme last time. Um, I, I'm going to toss this one out here. Number two, Brew Crew. Joe Sharp. Yeah, Joe Sharp, yeah. I, I think you might consider that horse. Uh, the Foley Barn's not been going well for a while. I don't think they want to race at the meet. Uh, and the horse, I mean, he's he's dirtied up, so he's going to be a price. I think uh, if you're spreading, I would use that one. I, although you know he's one for 14. Uh, doesn't like to win, but he, he's 
at the worst, maybe throw them underneath something if you like it. But uh, yeah, that's uh, oh my gosh, this is a this is a barn burner. It's uh, a tough race. It's a tough. Don't race. forget, don't forget, Edgar Zayas is in. You got outside that's, Mish. That is true. Yeah, Saffy Joseph. Saffy Joseph. I mean, you'll know that one. Uh, I wish this race was the first leg of the pick five. You would know. You would know if uh, the eleven was live based on the tote board. It seems like Saffy's horses get bet at the windows when they're live. But, uh, whew. man, I tell you what. This is a heck of a sequence. It, it, it's actually kind of exciting if you think you can beat Milliken, and if you can think you can beat Midnight Bourbon and, and Maxfield, you might have a shot. Yeah, yeah. This thing could pay five figures. At the, oh, easy, easy. Yeah, if, you know if it breaks the right way. But uh, uh, anything else before we part ways? Uh, no, we'll be out there. We'll be out there Friday, and a lot of people will. Clark's a great day to, to go. Uh, like I said, I. I think the guys at church will catch a lot of heat. I think they've been doing a great job, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Also, I'll have my uh, – since it's Black Friday, I'll have my Christmas list for you guys. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm cutting it in half this year for just, you know, because of inflation and everything. So. It's Track Friday. It's Track Friday. and I play. I'll let my, my wife and kids will be shopping and stuff. I'll be out there uh, I don't doing think- what I need to do. I don't think I've ever been Black Friday shopping. I I, 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 I used to have to work on Black Friday, but uh, you know, so most of our shopping's done. But I'm sure they'll they'll find a way to spend more money. I'm sure they will. But I can't say anything because I'm going to do the same thing, right? All right, absolutely. All right, Brandon or Will, going once. We'll be out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be out there with some clients in the turf club. I, I expect a a winning day. I may have to wait to get after the card until race six, but I, I kind of like what Will said in race two. So I'm going to look for that as to kind of get my show pool parlay going for some of my clients. Um, just uh, found a little Facebook, you know, and seeing uh, some comments about uh, what was put about the Foley barn out and, you know, a positive that hit and I've seen that they responded on Facebook. So that's, that's pretty good. So, cool. uh, but anyway, uh, excited to see Friday, and uh, ha- or, you know I'll be sad to see Churchill go. And yeah. Michelle Lovell goes with Just Might in the th- in the Thanksgiving Day Handicap at Fairgrounds tomorrow. By the way, that's on Just Thursday. Just Might returns. Yeah. And on change Thursday. of control. Change of control is entered on Saturday at Aqueduct. Oh so, really? Oh yeah. So that's a, in a hundred fifty thousand dollar stake. So we've got. Most people don't realize Just Might gave them one hell of a run in the Phoenix, but most people don't against Special Reserve and Aloha West. Just Might might have won that race. She was making a move that the horse got yeah. hurt, Dennis, all that. And yeah. uh, if you go back and watch, the horse was taken out of his game, and he was coming after him down the stretch, but the horse uh, had a cut on his foot, and it's actually healed real well under her tutelage. So good to see Just Mike back on the racetrack, and we hope she can get a win with that one. Like the fairgrounds kick off their meet. And, of course, uh, Del Mar's got a big card Saturday, and I'm not going to catch any of it because uh, of the stupid game that i got to go to. Uh, I'm going to – any predictions on that? How, how, how are we going to work this out? I, I want to watch the uh, the two-year-old races. But uh, I'll probably go over I, at some point. Well, you know, uh, I don't have a parking pass or at, at UofL, and I've never been to a game at UofL, believe, even though it's right down the road from Churchill. I'll probably take my buddies to the track, not just because I enjoy horse racing and the two-year-olds, uh, but it's warm there. They have bathrooms. And uh, so I may go out there as a precursor to the, the game, and I know Louisville's favorite. I'm a little surprised that Louisville's favorite. Kentucky has been playing that well. But in the trenches, you know, I don't get into the rivalry thing like I used to. I think it's stupid. 
But, uh, you know, it seems like Kentucky might have the, the advantage in the trenches. But then again, they also are a turnover machine. So we'll see what happens. Well, I think, like, I don't know much about sports betting, but I think the value it's the value Kentucky. is Kentucky because, I, like you, I was surprised Louisville's favored in this in this game, almost at yeah. the race. But uh, I think, you know, I think, I'm not saying Louisville can't win because I think they certainly can win. But uh, I, I just can't see them stopping Kentucky's run. But, yeah, it's uh, if, I would, if they commit to the run, uh, Kentucky's going to be tough to beat in this game. I but think they, can, they got to get back to the run. And remember, the run won them six games in a row. Yeah, so we'll see. They got holding the football, but I mean, they, they haven't seem to have advantage in the trenches. But again, we'll you know we'll find out. It's gonna be cold as hell, and I don't like the cold, but no. I'll do what I can. No, I don't like that either. I'm not looking forward I to say, it. To be I say Allen suits up. I want Allen out there on the field in a three point stance. You'd be surprised how this old fat dude can hit. You'd be. Surprised. I would tell you what. Hey, <laughs> hey I won. I won. Uh, what do you, what do they call it? Uh, 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 field tickets like I, I got to stand on the field next to Louisville when they played Rutgers back when Charlie Strong was there and you had to stand there was no seats you had to stand for three hours three and a half hours it was, it was a long ass game I thought sounds, I, I, I don't see how the miserable. players I know the players are, are are young and they're in shape and everything but you got to stand on your feet for three and a half hours that's that was hell it's fun yeah, game well, but it was hell welcome to an auto plant pal oh my god <laughs> All right. All right. Let's knock it off. We want to thank Will Nesker, our friend. Will's great. Us. I thought uh, this might have been your best effort yet. We'll see. We'll see uh, Friday night for sure. But I think, uh, yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed listening to you handicap these races. Thank you. I'm glad to be here and appreciate the invitation. All right. So uh, we'll knock it off here. And on behalf of Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers and Will Nesker, this is CC Brought Us. Reminding you at home that gambling month ain't got no home. Good night.